Today, we're talking about self-awareness and communication, specifically how you can use this notion of self-awareness to boost your communication skills. To start, I have two quick stories that I want to share with you. Both are from conversations that I've had with clients in one-on-one coaching sessions. So, of course, I'm not going to share their identity in any way. The first was about two years ago when I was coaching a senior partner from one of the big consulting firms that you've heard of. Let's call her Ashley. Ashley and I worked together for a total of six months. Ashley was exceptional. She was already successful, incredibly high IQ, and very well liked by her colleagues and her clients. She'd been identified by the firm as high potential for one of the top positions globally, and I was coaching her to elevate her communication skills and her executive presence so she could make that happen. At one of the first coaching sessions that we had, it wasn't the first session, maybe it was like the third session, I started by asking Ashley how her week was and whether she had the chance to work on what we discussed the week before. And she said something like, Andrea, I had an epiphany for the first time since we've been meeting. Actually, for the first time in my life, I was in the middle of a meeting and I suddenly became very self-aware. I was aware of my body language, I was aware of my words, and I was aware how other people were perceiving me. Whoa! My jaw almost hit my desk. I was speechless for a moment. What? That was the first time you were ever self-aware, aware of your communication, and how you were being perceived? Wow, I have so much to say about that. For starters, though, That's a very good thing. So that's my first story focused on self-awareness. The second story is also from a conversation that I had with a client who also happened to be a partner, but at one of the other big firms. Let's call her Betty. Similar to Ashley, Betty also was very bright and technically exceptional. She knew her stuff. She was high IQ, very creative and very ambitious. But Betty was very different from Ashley in that she was less well-liked. She told me that she'd received feedback that she was arrogant. I spoke with her manager, as I often do with my clients. I check in with one or two of their managers to make sure we're focusing on the right things. Anyway, her boss confirmed to me that, yes, Betty does sometimes come across as arrogant. That's her reputation. When I brought up this topic again with Betty, she actually argued with me, and she justified herself, telling me, and I quote, I'm not arrogant. I'm very self-aware. It struck me immediately that Betty's definition of self-awareness was very different from mine. Then I started thinking about my conversation with Ashley and her comment about not being self-aware until our communication coaching had encouraged her to do so. And those two conversations really got me thinking. Actually, they inspired this episode. Are you ready to talk about self-awareness? Let's do this. Let's talk about talk. In this episode, we're going to focus on how to leverage self-awareness to help you improve your communication skills. You're going to learn what self-awareness is, the types of self-awareness, and how you can use this idea of self-awareness to help improve your communication. I'm telling you right now, thinking about your communication through the lens of self-awareness can be very beneficial. First though, 
Let me introduce myself. My name is Dr. Andrea Wojnicki, and I'm your executive communication coach. Please call me Andrea. I'm the founder of Talk About Talk, where I coach communication skills to ambitious executives to help them elevate their communication, their confidence, and their clarity, so they'll get noticed for the right reasons and ultimately get promoted. That's my goal here. I want to help you accelerate your career trajectory. If you go to the talkabouttalk.com website, you'll find many resources to help you out. There's information there about one-on-one coaching, online courses, corporate workshops, the archive of this bi-weekly podcast, and I really hope you'll sign up for the Talk About Talk newsletter. That newsletter is your chance to get communication coaching from me every week. All right, let's get into this. Let me start by saying that when I was pulling together the outline for this episode, I realized that there's too much for me to get through. So this might end up being the first of many episodes focused on self-awareness. I absolutely love this topic. When I was a doctoral student at Harvard Business School, one of my favorite courses that I took was in the psychology department at Harvard. So it was across the river from the business school. That was when Natalie Portman, the actress, was there as a student. And I remember seeing her in the elevator a few times and thinking two things. One, she's tiny. Her backpack full of textbooks was almost bigger than she was. And secondly, I felt sorry for her because everyone around her was whispering, there's Natalie, that's Natalie Portman. That's got to be a bit weird. Anyway, so I had enrolled in this very small seminar that was in the psychology department. There were only about eight or 10 of us. And the course was simply called The Self. This course was absolutely incredible with lots of self-reflection, but also, of course, covering the academic research focused on the self-concept, self-awareness, and so on. At about the time that I was taking this course, I had to read an article for another course that I was taking that really served as a catalyst for my future research. It was a seminal article by Konstantin Setakides, and it compared self-assessment, self-enhancement, and self-verification. I vividly remember reading this article. I was sitting in my living room, sprawled out on a big comfy chair. I skimmed the article first. And honestly, my heartbeat accelerated. I could feel the adrenaline pumping. I sat up straight and I reread the article top to bottom. Then I stood up and I declared, this explains everything. This explains why people say what they say and why they choose not to talk at all. These insights into the self and the self-concept are what ultimately motivated my dissertation research, which focused on self-enhancement and word of mouth. I could go on about that, as you can probably guess from my energy, but here we are, many years later, talking about self-awareness and your communication skills. Hmm. So I'm going to do my best to keep this succinct. I'm following the advice that I give you about communicating with precision. Here's where we're headed. We're going to start with the definition of self-awareness and particularly the types of self-awareness that exist. And then I'm going to map those types of self-awareness back to how you can leverage self-awareness to improve your communication effectiveness. Sound good? Yes. Okay, let's start with the definition. Self-awareness, simply put, is the recognition of the self. It's one's recognition of one's emotions, triggers, actions, and the impact of those actions. Self-awareness is about being conscious of our consciousness. 
of being conscious of our self. Very few animals are self-aware. In fact, human babies don't become self-aware until they're toddlers. How do we know this exactly? Well, researchers use the mirror test, which was created over 50 years ago by evolutionary biologist Gordon Gallup. First, they let an animal get familiar with a mirror. Then they put a mark someplace on the animal's body that it can't otherwise see. So for a human, the mark could be on their nose or maybe on their back. They can only see the mark when they look in the mirror. If the animal looks in the mirror, sees the mark, and then looks for the mark on its own body, then it passes the mirror test. The animal has demonstrated recognition of its self as a unique entity. So what animals pass the mirror test? Humans do, as I said, starting when they're about two years old. Also, chimpanzees, gorillas, dolphins. I have to admit, I kind of went down a rabbit hole when I was doing reading for this episode, and apparently magpies, those incessant loud birds, they've passed the mirror test. That's kind of freaky. That also got me thinking about the ridiculously clever raccoons we have here in Toronto. Are raccoons self-aware? My guess is yes. So the mirror test measures self-recognition, which qualifies a species as being capable of self-awareness. Now you know. I want to point out that this is different from consciousness, which is also different from the term self-consciousness. So consciousness is the most general term. To be conscious is to be aware. We can define consciousness in terms of its opposite. A lack of consciousness is unconsciousness. When we're unconscious, we have no awareness. So when we're conscious, we are aware. But all sorts of animals, squirrels, dogs, cats, you name it, they can certainly be conscious, but that doesn't mean they have self-awareness, right? Self-awareness, what we're talking about here, is really about being conscious of your own consciousness. It's a meta-awareness. And then there's also self-consciousness. Usually people who are self-conscious are nervous or shy. Self-consciousness is about being conscious of a negative self-perception. Did you get all that? We're not talking about self-consciousness, which is about negative self-perception. We're focusing today on self-awareness, which is about being conscious of our own consciousness, being conscious of our self. We all have some degree of self-awareness. The question is, how would you rate your self-awareness? Remember at the beginning when I was telling you about my client, Ashley, who told me in our third coaching session that she had an experience where for the first time she experienced self-awareness. Of course, she was exaggerating, but focusing on her quest to improve her communication skills, she went from zero to 100 on the self-awareness scale, suddenly conscious of her mindset and her body language and how she was being perceived by others. So again, I ask you, when it comes to self-awareness and your communication, how would you rate yourself? According to some research that I've read, only about 10 to 15% of us qualify as highly self-aware. But the good news is that we can turn the dial on self-awareness. We'll talk about a few of those things we can do in a minute. First though, why should we care about self-awareness? And why should we try to improve it? Why was I celebrating when Ashley told me she was suddenly self-aware? Well, 
The research on this is definitive. Self-awareness has a significant positive impact on us in several ways, including improving our confidence, our influence, our creativity, our ability to collaborate, our ability to regulate our emotions, and self-awareness decreases our stress level and makes us happier. That sounds like a good list to me. Let's dig a little deeper on this construct of self-awareness then. Let's focus on the types of self-awareness. Most models of self-awareness talk about two types. There's the internal or private self-awareness, and then there's the external or public self-awareness. The internal or private self-awareness is about being introspective. It's about identifying or noticing and then reflecting on your internal state. It's about being conscious of your feelings, your emotions, your desires, and your beliefs. Like when you notice yourself feeling anxious before an important meeting. That is internal self-awareness. Or when you notice your apprehension about disagreeing with your boss when you know you're right. It's really about being conscious of what you're thinking about. External or public self-awareness, on the other hand, is being aware of how we appear to others, how we're perceived. I like to think about this in terms of the looking glass self. Have you heard that concept? It's kind of like the mirror test, but in a social context. Imagine that you are a third party and you have a camera and you're looking down at the situation, watching the players in the room, including yourself, and noticing the impact that you are having on others. It's about our impact on that social dynamic. And this external or public self-awareness allows us to successfully interact with each other. Back to my story about the other manager, Betty, who I told you about at the beginning. Betty was a super smart, super capable leader who was perceived by others, unfortunately, as being arrogant. Yet, she declared to me that she is highly self-aware. So there was a disconnect. And my diagnosis here is that perhaps she's high on internal or private self-awareness, but low on external or public self-awareness. So I hope that clarifies two ways of thinking about self-awareness. There's internal and external, or private and public. Other researchers have identified three different types of self-awareness, and I actually think that this classification of self-awareness might be a little more helpful for us in terms of boosting our communication skills. The three types are introspective self-awareness, bodily self-awareness, and social self-awareness. They're all pretty self-explanatory, but let me elaborate just quickly here and give you some examples or prescriptions for things that you can do to improve your communication within each of these types of self-awareness. So first, introspective self-awareness. This is basically the internal or private awareness that I was just telling you about. And I have three specific suggestions for you in terms of how to improve your communication through introspective self-awareness. These are suggestions for being aware of your thoughts and then doing something about it. It's really about self-talk. So the first suggestion is be mindful of your objective. It could be a meta-objective, like being more empathetic or demonstrating your leadership or being more confident 
Or it could be an immediate term objective, like when you're in a meeting with a client and your objective is to demonstrate your responsiveness to their concerns. It's about being mindful, thinking about what's my goal here. My second suggestion is a pretty common suggestion. It's get rid of distractions. Turn off your phone. Stop multitasking. Focus. This is sure to improve not only your introspective self-awareness, but also your communication. And my third suggestion is to focus on a mantra. This is one of my favorite tactics for focusing our mind. Come up with a sentence or a phrase that focuses you on what you want to focus on. Okay, so those are my three suggestions for introspective self-awareness. Moving on to the second type of self-awareness, bodily self-awareness. I read somewhere that bodily awareness allows animals to understand that they are physically different from the rest of the environment. That makes sense. But what I was reading went on further to say, it's also the reason why animals do not eat themselves. Yes, bodily self-awareness is why animals do not eat themselves. Wow, okay. So in the context of our communication skills, I suggest you use this concept of bodily self-awareness a little bit differently. We can think of this in terms of our body language. And there are three things that you can think about here. This is the Talk About Talk three-point body language scan, episode number 96. I'll leave a link to that episode in the show notes. The three points in the three-point body language scan are your posture, your hands, and your eyes. And obviously, what you need to do with your posture, your hands, and your eyes depends on the context. But generally, for posture, it's usually about being expansive. For your hands, it's about using slow, purposeful movements and showing us your hands, but not too much. And for eyes, of course, it's about eye contact. There's a lot more to this, which you can learn about in episode 96. In the meantime, though, when you become aware of your body language, which I hope is more often than not, just think three-point body language scan. Okay, so that's the second type of self-awareness. Now we've covered introspective self-awareness and bodily self-awareness. The third and last type of self-awareness is social self-awareness. This maps beautifully to what I was talking about before in terms of what's going on in the social context. How am I being perceived? And what impact am I having on the dynamic? When it comes to social self-awareness and improving your communication, here are three things to think about here. The first is generally being empathetic. Scanning the room, as they say, scanning others for how you are impacting them. Being other-oriented. Stop being so myopic. Tune in to others. Watch their body language, especially in their interactions with you. How are they responding to you? So the first is generally being empathetic. The second is listening, as in tracking the ratio of you talking versus others talking and really leaning in to what other people are saying, listening in a truly collaborative way. The third suggestion is quite meta. It's asking the other people that you're interacting with for feedback. This is a great way to improve your communication. Ask the people with whom you interact how you can improve. That way, you're calibrating what others think you could focus on in terms of your social self-awareness. 
It's really, truly meta. And I think my brain's exploding. This is probably a good place to stop. Back to the two stories about conversations that I had with clients about their self-awareness. First, there was Ashley, who had an epiphany a few weeks into our coaching sessions where she suddenly experienced a heightened level of self-awareness. She became acutely conscious of her mindset, that's introspective self-awareness, of her body language, that's her bodily self-awareness, and also of how she was being perceived by others, her social self-awareness. And then there was Betty, who was socially perceived as being arrogant, and yet she believed that she was highly self-aware. She may have had high introspective self-awareness, but her social self-awareness was lacking. Do you see now how thinking in this disciplined way about self-awareness can really help boost your communication skills? At a high level, when you focus on your mindset, on your body language, and on how you are perceived, you are improving your communication and setting yourself up for success. So we're all clear on what we mean when we say we're self-aware. And we know several ways now that we can use this self-awareness to improve our communication effectiveness. Now, I'm wondering whether you have any questions for me. Is there a particular area or topic within communication skills that I can help you with? Or maybe you have a podcast topic suggestion. There are two main ways you can contact me. You can email me at andrea at talkabouttalk.com or you can go to the talkabouttalk.com website and leave me a recorded message there. Your voice might end up being on a future podcast episode. And while you're on the website, please, please sign up for the weekly communication coaching newsletter. And if you've enjoyed this podcast episode, I hope you'll share it with your friends who might also be seeking to improve their communication skills. Thanks for listening and talk soon.